Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Hey everyone, this is Mark with The Living Room Podcast. Hope you're doing well. I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction into today's episode, episode number 20. Today's episode is a conversation from a monthly Living Room Zoom call that we have with different leaders, organic church, house church, micro church leaders uh, around the United States, as well as even from other countries around the world. And today's conversation is focused on how are we doing and or how are you connecting with people in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city, and specifically people who don't know Jesus yet. And so you're going to jump into this conversation, and I hope that as you listen to some of these leaders share the different things that God is doing where they're at, that it'll be a challenge and an encouragement for you as you live the everyday mission of Jesus question for us to talk about um, for the remainder of our time would be to just share different ways that you have been able to connect with people in your neighborhood, your, your community, your city, um, connecting with people that don't know Jesus yet. And how, what, what are some of the things that you've done? How have you seen God move in different ways? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And then even how are you encouraging or equipping those in your churches, your house churches, to live out, out that mission and connect and be intentional to live that way? Um, so there's a, multiple questions there, but it's really around that, that subject of how are we doing at reaching people who don't know Jesus yet? So somebody get us going, share something that maybe has been impacting for you, and then um, we'll go from there. I'll start with the latter question and say I'm not doing a very good job of it at all of equipping people <laughs> to, to do it in their communities. You know, we talk about it, but it's something that um, I've been thinking a lot about of late um, and especially uh, and especially. So we did our I, I told you that we did our first um, discovery Bible study sort of method this past week. Um, and it went great. But one because one of the things that God's been challenging me about is just yeah, the need of doing the Bible studies more with people outside of our group, neighbors that we've invited that are not comfortable coming to our house, but I think they might be willing to just get with my wife and me, you know? And so I'm going to really, my plan is to really challenge and, and to, uh, tomorrow night at, or Thursday night um, and the days ahead, just to say like, look, this is so like what we're doing is so simple and yet so effective. And who, who, who can you like, who's one person, you know, that you can ask the question, like, would you willing to sit down and just, read the Bible with me. And it's, it's, it's not like, there's no presumption in it. Like we're not, I'm, it's not like I'm trying to teach you something. We're just like discovering, we're literally discovering together. And so I'm excited about, about that. I'm hoping that it's going to help other people realize, you know, that they can, they can do it, you know, but I, it's got to start with me. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta first, you know, find some of these, these people and the people are out there. And I think, you know, for us, the thing has been for the past year, just like getting to know people, um and that's been so like it's it's all building blocks and so from the beginning we've really tried to just have people neighbors in our home all the time for dinner and it's just it's more and more it's showing up like it's we're seeing the fruit of it um 
like we have, you know, couples and families that we watch blues games with and we play games with until like Saturday, like Saturday was a, like a perfect example where like we had nothing planned. And then um, one of our neighbor couples was taking a walk and they know that we have an espresso machine. So they're like, Hey, we're taking a walk. Can we stop by? And so they came in for like an hour and that, and then I'm like, I had already kind of started like prepping some pork chops. And I'm, so I'm like, I'm just going to make these. So I said, once you guys stay and eat and they stayed and eat, hey, you know, with us. And, and then like immediately, and then from there we went to another neighbor's house and played games and like got in some really good conversations. So it's like, this kind of stuff is just like happening, you know? And, and at the beginning of it was just like, let's hang out, you know? And so, and then we, my wife's on Facebook a couple of days. We still use Facebook because we're kind of old, but well, she's on Facebook a couple of days ago. She's on this group from another community where someone is making um, uh, Thanksgiving plates and giving them out in the community. And so in the thing, she was like inviting people to help her like prep and stuff like that. So like, of course, this is an awesome idea. So, so we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to make just like make up plates and put an offer out on our local Facebook page of anybody who needs them which I'm excited about that part of it. But what I'm really excited about is like, I've already started reaching out to all these these lost neighbors that we know that we're now friends with and saying, Hey, we're going to do this for the community. Won't you, which can you come over and help us prep, you know, the night before and the morning of. So now like they're seeing like, like the church in action, you know, they're not just being invited to a Bible study, but they're actually seeing like, we care about people and they're in all of that, but they're going to be in on it. Like, so that, so I've got at least like two local, like two people in our neighborhood that are coming over, but a bunch more will. And we'll hang out with us Wednesday night and just like cook and put stuff together and then deliver them. And so like, but all that started because we were having people over in our house six months ago and we're like playing games and we're like, you know, we're just trying to find any, any kind of ways that people have needs and, and fill them, you know? And so like, it's a bunch of little stuff, but without the little stuff, then we wouldn't have built that sort of rapport to now let them serve with us. So anyway, I think it's, I just, people ask all the time and I just say I, I feel like we're in it for the long game I feel like what we're doing is not like we're going to have a big explosion and we're going to have 80 people at our church you know for the for friend day on Sunday like that's not going to happen it's we just got to be willing to say let's just take it one day at a time and love people give where we can be hospitable and God's gonna you know God's gonna use all that to sort of twill, till the soil and get people ready so and we're inviting people it's like we're not doing we're not trying to get people to go to Bible study well, we are doing that stuff too but they may not come until after we've had all these other sort of, you know, interactions along the way. That's good, Jedediah. Thanks for sharing that. It's easy. I think as you were sharing at the beginning, it's easy to even fall into that default mode when we're talking to people. Like instead of just saying, hey, maybe just doing a Bible study, inviting to Bible study, just one on one. Our default mode would be, hey, come to the, come to the house church, you know, it's just like you would invite them to, you know, like, to church, like traditional church, right? Rather than seeing them as the, in, come, as the, as an individual who needs Jesus, and think discipleship first, rather than come to my thing first, you know, my church thing. Um, no, that's good. I love that too. What a great reminder how those little things, those just the simple act of hospitality, right? But there's either something else too that is implied, I think, in what you're saying too. You're making yourself available. You're being present in your neighborhood too. And I think there's a ministry thing there that ministry practice that's super important. The ministry of just being present right, and being available. So man, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Somebody else. 
I'm right there with you as far as Mark, as far as like what you're saying. Um, it's so easy to invite people to uh, like a gathering, and I'd say that we shouldn't do that, but it's it's definitely more difficult to, um, and I'm more difficult, I mean, it is, but that's what I'm looking for. Um, more beneficial, even, maybe that's a good word, to, to just uh, invite people into your life. And, um, and that's what I love about Jedediah and like what's going on with him and just hearing, um, hearing all these encounters that he has and talking about sports with people and all this stuff. Um, and because, you know, my, my, my story obviously, uh, obviously is, you know, that we planted, we planted a church and a house church and had a few families involved in it, but um, that's all it was. Like the emphasis was on the church and on almost the organization in a sense. Even even though we were intentionally not trying to, we still uh, focused on the organization in a sense. And um, any invite that I sent out on Facebook or whatever was like, hey, you know, we're gathering and like be a part of our group. But there wasn't any personal discipleship expectation in the group. Like I wasn't. Um, reaching out to lost people and, and um, uh, again, living a life with them or um, trying to um, have an individual Bible study with someone or anything like that. I didn't have that expectation on the people in my group either. And so um, I know this is just kind of word vomit, but um, that's, you know, so we, we don't gather as a church anymore. That church is, is gone after a year. And so I'm just again and you know this too but we're um and when i say where i mean me and my wife we're just uh kind of relearning all this almost even though we've done church for a year inside of a house we're still relearning all this and so um whether it's uh trying to trying to uh, strike up uh conversations with a co-worker um and trying to meet with him outside of work or whether it's um, you know, getting another coworker, uh, female connected with my wife and, and trying to make some connections there, or if it's, um, I don't know, uh, like I said, I know I'm kind of rambling, but, um, that, that's been the biggest thing for me is like my own personal responsibility. Um, like what did I do? And that's like, you know, we'll stand before Jesus and that's what we're going to be accountable for. And it's not, um, what did an organization do, but like, what did we do? So that's really why I'm, working through and wrestling through and praying through and just um I feel like I'm uh I'm praying I'm praying that I'm like Jedediah you know a year ago or six months ago or whatever where I'm just planting these seeds that I'm I'm hoping that um you know we don't know how it grows right but um that, that the Lord will grow it so that's not helpful but I just wanted to piggyback off what you're saying that I, I, I agree with that I appreciate you sharing that Jake I think you know, what I'm hearing too is just we don't want to undervalue tilling the soil. You know, we don't want to undervalue tilling the soil so that the seed, when it's planted, the soil's, you know, able to receive it. And that's that's the hard, long, dirty, messy work, right? Um, yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. It's good. All right, somebody else. What's, what's God been doing? How have you seen him uh, connect you with people 
who um, who need Jesus. Mark, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, Karen and I moved to Cincinnati, and COVID was still uh, a major factor. And um, and uh, I, for forty years, I'd been not just a pastor, but then been a like a pastor of pastors uh, for. Um, uh, my organization and and uh, I and I loved it, but it put me. I, I realized, and I would say this, but I never realized it until I moved here. How many layers there were between me and lost people, <laughs> and uh, you know, when you're a pastor, there's there's all the people you care for that can create a layer between you and lost people because they they can be very consuming of your time and energy. And then, but when you become a, a, a pastor of pastors, then there's like two layers and you really do have to be intentional about uh, building lost relationships. And um, I moved from that to um, downtown uh, Cincinnati in an apartment where I'm surrounded with lost people. And um, I, I, yeah, I've had to learn. I've had to learn a new language. I've had to learn. I have. To, I had to learn ways to have quick conversations with people as we go up and down the elevators. Um, and what I've really, I, I've, what, what I am trying to do, and I'm, and I'm just now starting to get some traction. Uh, I have two guys that are in a disciple making relationships with one of them. I'm not sure if he's a believer. The other one, I am. I have a group of guys that I'm meeting with uh, um, who just uh, wanted to meet with me online. Uh, so I'm, I'm just now starting to get traction. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but when you, I retired and moved here, but um, I moved away from my sphere of influence into a place where I had no sphere of influence whatsoever. And uh these 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 young people don't know me from Adam, and that's that's been that's been trying to build some sort of rapport with them, um, get to know them, so that uh, you know God can use those those conversations to build relationships, to create spiritual conversations, and then gospel presentations out of those. That's been uh, that's been hard uh, for me, but I I. It seems to be happening. We have more uh, people from the radius over to our house. Hospitality, I think, is key. I'm, I'm agreeing with Jedediah. I mean, there's something about just, and I, 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 I praise Jedediah that people just are dropping by his house saying, and he's just feeding them, you know, I wish I had that happening in my life. Um, but I, it is, it's, it's difficult to cook from scratch. And uh, yet, that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to gather. Although I'd like to have a couple of saved people around just for support. Um, I, 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 my target is not uh, people who are going to church. Uh, it's people who are uh, removed. And I, I am amazed at the uh, at how far people are removed from the gospel. I, I would dare say they that the average person. I would say. 80% to 90% of the people live in the radius. Uh, young people could not tell you why Jesus came to earth. They, they, they think, you know, they might think he's a good teacher, but they, they don't have a clue of the gospel.
and uh, that breaks my heart. But that's uh, that's where we're at. I think uh, what I'm trying to do is just use hospitality, service, those things to build relationships um, that lead to spiritual conversations that lead to gospel presentations and then disciple making relations. And then out of that, have a church formation. Thanks, Martin. I appreciate that. And I know some of the things just that you've done is like throwing out the idea of a book club there at, the, at your building, right? You've uh, watched people's pets, you know, when they've gone away and uh, on vacation or trips or different things, and then just have hospitality. I think, again, those are just practical things I know that you've done to reach out. So appreciate you sharing. Um, hey, Joe, I'll, I'll, I'll lean in on you. What are some of the things for you? Uh, so the article that you sent out this last week, I, I just finally got to reading it this morning, um, but it was it was really helpful. It was really good. I, it's stuff that we've been talking through. For us, we have three kids that are all athletes, and so we do travel sports all up and down California. Um, and so we're with the the families on those teams um, every weekend, every other weekend, depending on the team. Um, and we were we're doing this whole church plant, starting microchurches as we're being sent by a church. And the church that's sending us um, doesn't fully grasp what's happening. Um, they realize now that that they brought us in, not knowing what we were planning to do. Uh, and they're not stopping us. They're, they're allowing us to continue with it, which is good. Um, and they're starting to really embrace and, and, and like it. But they're noticing that we're not there on Sunday mornings very often anymore. Um, and a lot of it is the sports that we're doing. And a lot of it is also that we now have two micro churches started up that we're just kind of helping them get rolling. Um, and so for us, we've had a lot of conversations with Christians about how what we're doing is we are worshiping, we are building relationships and we're finding ways for, for us to share Jesus with people that wouldn't otherwise, I mean, these sports families aren't going to show up at church. They're just not going to be there. Um, and then also families within the, the, the teams that have kind of have gone to church in the past and now they're not on Sunday. And so they're kind of there's times when we have conversations with people that say they're kind of bummed about it, and we are able to talk through it with them and kind of help them kind of come to terms with this isn't a bad thing as long as you're still focusing on that relationship with God and still fellowshipping with believers, which we're able to do together um, kind of at the baseball field or in the hockey arena. So it's it's kind of a, a cool. It's just it's different, but it's working out really well. I love that. I love that because there's an intentionality with it you're not just seeing it as hey my kids are in sports and we we travel it's like this is like a missionary you're seeing that through the lens of a missionary right where it's like okay these are people that i'm spending time with how can i leverage this time as an opportunity to live the mission of jesus among them big difference and then just going and doing this event with your family and kids and doing that just because um or doing that through the lens of, man, how can I use this as an opportunity to show them Jesus and, and to point them to Jesus? So really good. Um, Redden, how about you, man? Okay. I was like, I don't know. I was trying the last 20 minutes, how to condense what I want to say in, in a few minutes. So if I go over, just flag me. Okay. Um, First of all, I have never been as enthusiastic of as living on mission as after I've been at Living Church. Let me put that out there. The, just because it, 
it's a, just a natural place of being or how they operate. So that challenged me unlike anything I've ever done before in, in, in my life, to be honest. Um, that being said, uh, when we moved to Dayton, we, had, we knew one person. And that one person was Emily's colleague from college. Oh, sorry, a batchmate from college. Nobody else we knew. Uh, in a matter of the first six months was like the, the slow waning part of COVID. So we, it was harder to meet people. All the people we knew were like just immediate neighbors. But in a matter of the next three months, we got to you know another hundred people, which was like kind of weird, but it, God just brought things together, I guess. Um, now, the thing that I would want to say is how we've been able to kind of connect to people in our community first as ourselves is Emily, my wife, she was on staff for crew for a while. So she has some kind of background in sharing the gospel with even total random strangers, but uh, especially on college campuses and stuff. So that's something I've heavily leaned into and kind of, you know, seen her flourish in that area as well. But um, the main thing was a uh, lo lot of the local Facebook groups she's a part of in terms of like things like, um, what do you call it? Um, buy nothing groups, uh, community groups that are essentially uh, all the local moms of the area. So she's heavily into that and and people come up with needs, different things and wants and asks, all this kind of stuff. And that gives us opportunities to literally connect to so many families in the area. So that's how local geographical connections we managed to make. In addition to that, we are part of a couple of different organizations that help us meet other individuals, singles or couples from the greater Dayton area, which then ended up being like, uh, even though we were having church at home, we were like, how do we be, how are we able to actually present uh, the gospel through our lives to them? And the idea was, let's just have them over for dinner as, as and when we can. And so in the last three months, we had probably about... I would say about 25 to 30 dinners of random people, some Christians, some atheists, some uh, the whole spectrum, literally. And so it's kind of a little too much as, as well. So after the like the third month was started around, we were like, okay, let's now you know count the tally board and see who do we follow up with? Because it's not just about reaching everyone with a one-time meal, but then we need to see who's wanting to reach back wanting us to reach back and keep in touch with and then build on the relationship. So that's something that's happening. But, and the same expectation is put on everyone in church. We said, hey, the home is the biggest asset and resource you have. It's the biggest place where Christ is easiest to be visible. The way you treat each other in your marriage, the way you treat your kids if you have kids, uh, and how um, how joy is should be visible, tangible. The, these are things that are attractive to the world because no one gets to see that anymore. And don't underestimate the value of how you run your household is just as valuable in a social setting where Christ is not easily perceivable, at least in today's society. So those two things are something we really and, and what, what we what we are doing is modeling it for our church and the church models it for everybody else. So there is kind of an unspoken rule in church is like, hey, if you met somebody new, don't bring them to church. It's just simple. And the reason is because we don't want you to take the easy route out by saying, oh, you want to hear about Jesus? Just come to church. Because the then the onus is never on them to say, oh, I need to be able to vocalize why and what I believe 
in a capacity where somebody else understands, or I'm just going to pass on the baton of that responsibility to the pastor or whoever is leading. So no, no room for excuses here. If you're being sent on mission, we're all in it together, you know, get our hands dirty. So that's something we're super passionate about. Um, the other thing also over the last couple of weeks that God has been specifically speaking to me is reaching young, uh, reaching men specifically, because we've been reaching a lot of couples and sometimes single ladies. And my wife helps coordinate all of those things. But I had a specific burden for men. And so I don't, I, I don't know any much men other than through some of the connections my wife has or some of our students we work with. But um, I've been like just eyes open, being aware how the Holy Spirit leads and it's been kind of insane some of the opportunities that God has brought up. And one of them is actually from last night or day, day before yesterday, actually. So I was uh, in Colorado for over the weekend meeting up with some friends of mine from college. And they're all very Hindu people from India. And um, at one point, they were kind of like joking about Christianity and stuff like that because they see Christianity in India as a money-making scheme for people who want to make money. And that's the local perception there unfortunately and so you know there were even through that there were a couple of tidbits like you know you don't want to just you know create an argument there but at the same time you were like hey this is what is true actually even if you perceive it differently so I had a couple of opportunities to talk to them but I walked away from the weekend thinking oh I had a lot of fun you know you know meeting up with people but I felt like I had betrayed <laughs> the responsibility God had given me in a sense so I was just you know on my way back on on the plane I was like God um, I'm sorry if I didn't reflect um, you as well as I should have, but if you give me more opportunities, I won't turn them down. I'm, I'm not going to just, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to hold on to shame or, you know, being perceived differently as a reason of why I won't share. And so, you know, on the plane ride back, there was this lady next to me. We talked about a lot of things. I didn't feel specifically led to share about the gospel, so I didn't. So it, it was fine. And so, um, funny enough, I had to take a train to Indiana last night. Uh, day before night. So from a plane, I got out, went to the railway station. I got an Amtrak actually. And I was the first one there. And I didn't know that they don't open the station till midnight because the train comes out at midnight. And so I, I know I'm taking a little over and I'm building it up to something. But so bear with me for a second. I was there for three hours ahead of the train departure because I, I didn't want to burden anybody else, even though I know a lot of people in Cincinnati. <laughs> and um, I was just waiting there. The security guard gave me a chair saying, you're not allowed inside the main hall. So here's a chair. You can sit outside. So I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay. And so an hour and a half goes by and this random dude comes in and he's he told me that, you know, this is his first time uh, going to Chicago using a train or going out of state, honestly. And we used to get to start to get talking. And what ends up happening is um, the initial conversation, like, where do I sit? Where do I go? And I was like, and the conversation could have ended there, but because of this prayer that I just had earlier in the afternoon, I was just so much in aware of what God could want to do. And so I just opened the door to the conversation about, hey, what do you do? And then try to just relate to him as a human just before even I talk about anything about Jesus. What ended up happening is we had a two and a half hour conversation, which ended up him saying, I want to learn more about God. And, and this is happening, mind you, at midnight uh, on, on a railway station. And, and I've never had something like that ever happen to me before. And, and, he, and his story is kind of sad. He's from Northern Kentucky. He's, he was born to drug, uh, uh, drug dealers, uh, basically sold drugs to feed their family and had a very hard upbringing, but he's like the opposite end of the spectrum. And so 
he took my number he said hey i want to contact you once i'm back from chicago and stuff like that so my point being is just the sheer awareness and willingness to make yourself look foolish god will not turn that away you might you know throw stones like throw seeds into rocky paths and you know off the wayside but some do fall on good ground but don't persistence sometimes does pay off so that's the only thing i can share that has been really challenging me and i once i shared i haven't even shared this with our church obviously but i'm hoping that will even reenergize them in the sense that it's fine even if you, if you have a few missed shots who cares god will do what he does best at the end of the day hey red real yeah. quick too i know you mentioned a ministry that you guys have been connected with right um what is the name of that ministry if you're okay with sharing that because yeah i know that so, ministry is in different parts of the um, yeah. and they're under well. different names right so that's a really good ministry if you guys have it in your area so i par- partner with a ministry called ifi it stands for international friendships incorporated it's basically um uh an organization that helps welcome and acclimatize international students to local u.s cities so um what they do is um they help provide airport pickups temporary housing things like um getting getting them like family dinners with american families so they can kind of learn about american culture and i think in california it's called isi maybe but they have different versions of it all across the states so every city every city probably has a chapter of it and our uh, and maybe in some places bridges also has their uh, camp, their options as well and then they have dinners have people over for dinners and then just give opportunities and spaces for the gospel to reach people who are literally like you, even if you don't you don't get sent to the world the world is coming at your doorstep and how giving an opportunity to do ministry international ministry right at, in your own backyard essentially so yeah it's called ifi in ohio i think there's something there that redden shared at the very end that could be helpful when it comes to equipping people um that we're shepherding that we're pastoring to live on mission and it's just simply sharing these stories sharing the stories of what God is doing you know and and inviting your church or your the people that you're discipling to pray with you for these people um you know just i think there's something very valuable in that in the sense of just part of your equipping them is just sharing with them hey here's kind of what's going on and how the spirit is moving in in my life as i try to live every day like a missionary so it doesn't have to be some program just be like just share what god's doing a lot of times too when we start our house church meetings we'll open it up for just to hey share a god story what have you seen god do who have you seen god connect you with lately that you've been able to just show the love of jesus to and sometimes so people so it generates that kind of that excitement that wow one god is working and two there's kind of this 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 nudge or this this friction from um or the sharpening that happens by hearing how other people are living like missionaries too in their neighborhoods redden if you would just uh, wrap this time up in prayer that'd be great um our father we thank you for this uh, morning and we thank you father that you brought us all together and just allowed us to share and just revel in the work that you're doing all across the world abroad we thank you father that you've given us the opportunity and just the privilege to partner with you on that abroad father we pray that we will ever be faithful to that cause and we just pray for each and every one on this call and those who will be listening to this recording even probably that you just father you would continue to hold them and inspire them and just um 
uh, guard them from discouragement of God. And even if the fruit might look um, uh, delayed or late in the time of God, Father, know that their efforts will not be vain of God. And I just want to encourage them. And Father, we pray that you continue your, and continually encourage them through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for this day. We especially pray for Hanson once again, and we pray for Father for um, for peace and comfort for his family and restoration for those who are sick. Oh God, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the Living Room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.